guys. I'm Rick. And I'm Dean, and we are joined by uh, the third man. The banter lad. There he is. The infamous banter lad. (laughs) The banter lad himself, Matt. Moving on to the 90s TV talk, the the original plan here, guys, was going to be a total I love the 90s themed show. Um, You know, we kind of came in a little underprepared for this, so that's why we have a hodgepodge of different topics for this. Um, yeah, I want to give Matt the the virtual pat on the back here. Just uh, I, I know he's not next to me, but Matt, if you if you feel something on your back, that is my spirit patting you on it. <laughs> he came up with the idea of the uh, '90s TV talk, so we're going to talk about some '90s TV shows, um, the classic Friends versus Seinfeld debate. Um, there are a couple. Uh, there's a Disney show that Matt uh, wants to bring up and talk about. We're going to talk about some shows that have and haven't aged well. Um, but uh, Matt, since this was your idea, how do you want to start this off, dude? Do you want to uh, break the ice with the topic? Yeah. So um, I brought this idea to because it's funny as I watched a uh, what was it a Hot Ones I think with the wing eating stuff on on YouTube and I saw they yes. had Shia LaBeouf up there and obviously everyone knows him for his his role in. Uh, Transformers, and he's put out uh, Disturbia as well, but he's also put out a couple of films himself um, as a director, but is dating back some time ago, uh, he kind of started off with many other, uh, you know, the Hollywood uh, actresses and actors or actors we see now um, on Disney with a show called Even Stevens. Now, mm-hmm. his name is Louis Stevens. It was a kind of a, he was the young one of a dis- kind of dysfunctional family, always causing mischief and all that stuff, but it was definitely a comedy and a show that when I grew up, I would watch it with my brothers, and it was just very funny. It was you could kind of tell that like Lewis, this character, was going to evolve, and eventually, once the show was over, um, have be a star. And I think when obviously we see that with Shia Bluff right now, but pretty much what the show is that he's um, it's a it's a family of like five or six, and he's the youngest one there, and he's always kind of getting into trouble. Beans uh, is one of the characters. If you guys are, if you guys are familiar with mm-hmm. and screaming, he's the one guy with the long hair who's always. Uh, telling everyone to pass it to the Italians and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's, so he's a natural, but um, you know, to kind of, you know, make it very brief here. Cause it's a, it, again, it's a show that lasted uh, quite a long time. Um, it is a show that, you know, date looking back, it did definitely um, date. Well, I think even if you're, you know, at that time when I was watching it, I was, um, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old. And even now I'm, I could revisit it and like genuinely enjoy the show. I know, uh, Rick and Dean, you guys are probably try to kind of go back to some old Nick shows. I think we were even discussing mm-hmm. about this over, um, you know, the holidays. And some of them are just very cringy, just unwatchable, you know, like the Rugrats, the Hey Arnold's of the World Rocket Power. Yeah. Um, and going back to a show like, you know, even Stevens, it's it's easy. It's, a, again, a short a 25, 30 minute uh, format. So you can kind of binge watch it um, wherever mm-hmm. you want to go to to find them. Um, and then another one I wanted to talk about briefly was uh, Boy Meets World. Uh, you know, that was an, an I call it kind of have a little bit of a Save by the Bell vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, close friend, they were a close friend group. There's the love interest, obviously. There's the life lessons that are taught by um, the the teacher that they all the, all these you know, students kind of tend to share. Mr. Feeney. It so it mm-hmm. has like that life lesson to it, but it's also very funny, very enjoyable, and it's a show that again, like with even Stevens, that you can revisit and you know get some joy get some laughter out of it and it has that replay value so those are my two shows that i definitely want to talk about from the 90s that have definitely aged well so if you guys haven't checked those out i know everyone's kind of caught in the friends and seinfeld debate but these are two shows that i think are sneaky very good and if you're um, looking for additional shows to kind of watch from that era um, and you're you have that have the time definitely give uh these two shows a shot i would definitely rate them uh, probably eight, eight and a half each, maybe even a little bit nine, depend, uh, uh, maybe going in towards a nine, depending on the season. But overall, very good shows, and I think you guys will definitely enjoy them. Yeah, I, I definitely want to pick up, uh, mainly because I, I don't know about you guys, but um, definitely in the 90s when we were growing up, it was a lot harder to access things. Like, for example, if you weren't paying for premium cable, you simply did not have the Disney Channel, and there was no way to find it. It's not like we had laptops or and even streaming back then like i I remember i had a i had a computer for four or five years before i further before i saw the first 
motion like picture on my t on my computer it was like a little flash enabled uh cartoon so um that was kind of still not not around youtube wasn't around i mean we're really dating ourselves here guys <laughs> youtube yeah. wasn't around when we first got computers but uh, the the reason why i say that is because even stevens was one that i had to actually go back to and watch when i was in high school because um i just simply didn't have disney channel back then so um that's definitely one that i agree with matt that aged really well it's it's funny it's lighthearted. Um, you don't really have to think too much about it. Now, I'm actually going to go ahead and, and maybe blow the doors off with um, a hot take. But Boy Meets World, and of course, I don't have this completely fleshed out. Boy Meets World might be in my top five best shows I've ever seen. Um, it's just a wow. great co coming of age. Um, it, it's almost like a, a very good like romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. at slash, like I, I put it right up there with um, shows that are similar to like... Um, Imagine like how I met your mother, but they grow up like throughout the course of the show. Um, it, it's very good. It, there's 158 episodes, so it's a really healthy um, show. You could really dive into it and sink your teeth in it if you really like it. And um, it follows them all throughout what, like um, even college and yeah, I like, think post college. It's like, I, I know it's like middle school towards high school. Uh, they when they separate, mm -hmm. go to college and stuff. So it's it's a pretty long like long running show and. The, oh yeah. Would you would would I be correct in saying it's kind of like a middle ground? I know you brought up how you met your mother. Would you yeah. say it's a middle ground between like a full house and a how I met your mother where it's like it's not like corny kitty like laughter jokes, yeah. but it's not like kind of too romantic and too like serious at times. Like it has its serious sides, but a lot of mm -hmm. things they do it's just comedy and it's kind of like for whether you be like a 10, 11, or 12 year old or early teen but to also someone now who can enjoy it. Like it's a nice middle ground where it kind of caters to pretty much any age gap. Yeah, that's actually, uh, that's really well said actually. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of like a, a middle ground between Full House and How I Met Your Mother or any other type of like sitcom show um, that involves like dating and stuff. Because all throughout um, the series, it is present that, you know, Corey and Topanga, the two main characters are like kind of on a crash course to be with each other. And um, I do recall later in the series, they actually do end up getting married. Mm -hmm. So that was um, it, a nice payoff after, what, eight, nine years of, of the show being on. So, mm -hmm. I, and of course, sorry for the spoiler, but that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the show ended 20 years yeah. ago. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely one of those things where I would definitely say go back and watch it. And uh, the one thing that I will caveat it with is that seasons one and two, when they were in middle school, these are child actors you know kind of portraying roles and at that point it does get a little bit more towards the full house side where um you know there it, it is a little bit more childish i would say but um i do think that and the reason why it would make my top five is that it evolved better than any show that i've ever seen like we saw like um like game of thrones they tried to cgi brand to make him look like he didn't hit puberty throughout the course of the the filming of course was over you know eight years this show embraced it and kind of said, you know, yeah, they're child actors. They're going to grow. And they just kind of evolved the show from something that was a little bit more of like a childish middle school Ned's Declassified and then kind of moved it towards a serious sitcom, a little bit more serious sitcom. So um, that that's something that I think that did better than any other show. Yeah. So, Dean, you said it's probably in like your top five favorite shows rated podcast. Mm -hmm. What's the rating? I'm going to give it a nine and a half, uh, mainly right. because it, th there are some inconsistencies um, from the early seasons to the later seasons. And of course, mm -hmm. um, it, I, I always compare this to the show that is the benchmark for this is that's that 70 show where they didn't get canceled, but they it certainly should have been. And mm -hmm. it just kind of lagged on. Of course, Boy Meets World didn't have that. But there are some later episodes where it's like Eric's um, ex-girlfriend's friends are doing stuff. And it's like, well, this is a little bit too far away from you know what i care about so yeah. the ancillary characters when it got a little bit you could tell that the writers knew that the the writing was on the wall pretty much that they were about to be done so um it, it in the later seasons there are some you know episodes you could definitely skip and then of course in the early seasons there are some that i could see people not liking mm -hmm. yeah i uh i don't think i watched as much uh, boy meets world as uh, you and matt have but um it ran for seven seasons from 1993 to 2000 so um, mm -hmm. almost the entire decade uh, of the nineties had boy meets world in it. And you're right. Like they were just really little kids when they first started out and, uh, you know, they, they grew up before everyone's eyes throughout the show. And, uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, the Corey Topanga 
uh, romance has to be one of, if not the most underrated TV romance ever. Like everyone talks about like mm-hmm. Jim and Pam, Ross and Rachel, um, and they deserve the love that they get. They're, they're, they're iconic relationships. But uh, I think for anyone who grew up in the 90s, I think we all at one point or another had our boyhood crush uh, on Topanga. Mm-hmm. Also, um, fun fact. There's a episode. There is an episode in Bo- the Boy Meets World where uh, Topanga and Corey are living on their own, and Topanga gets a job. I guess as like a telemarketer. She has like uh, like phone sales, <laughs> and she mentions my mom's full name, first and last name. I kid you not. Dude. Wow. Really? Wow, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> like, I, I, I kid you not. It's I, I like I was li- I was watching it. And I was like, they they really just say like my mom's full name. Like, <laughs> man, actually. Uh... Search it out. Actually, <laughs> I'm gonna go look up some old episodes of uh, Boy Meets World and uh, see if I can uh, find that little tidbit. Go back in time. But um, all right, moving on to our next shows because we covered um, Boy Meets World, Even Stevens. Um, see, those are shows that we both feel have aged well. That you can watch them. Uh, now and still enjoy them. Um, do you guys have any shows from the '90s off the top of your head? And I think we already mentioned a couple in passing that haven't aged well. That are currently oh. um, either were supposed to be funny and no longer funny, or just straight mm-hmm. up cringeworthy. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure. There's countless, but what are some that are really sticking out to you guys? I am I am absolutely chomping at the bit to get this one out there because I know that Nick at night was showing um, a lot of the 90s um, shows and cartoons in the original programming from the 90s as like a nostalgia pop. And I went back and watched, really my answer to your question, Rick, is anything having to do with all that. Um, and that includes Keenan and Kel and actually Good Burger as well. It, I don't get it. I don't, uh, go, keep going. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't understand how anyone ever enjoyed this. It's horrible. All that is pr- by a lot. One of the least funny shows I've ever seen. Um, and the, the way that I say that is that they were trying to be funny, and it mm. wasn't. And it, for that reason, it's the least funny show I've ever seen. Um, Keenan and Kel is literally a worse Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh is literally better than Keenan oh, and Drake Kel. Drake and Josh is great. And, mm-hmm. and that, honestly, like I, I don't want to say that every show is in my top five, but there's a real strong consideration that that Drake and Josh is in my top 10, I, but um, your, your love for Drake and Josh is well documented. This is not new. Yeah, I, so I can attest. I'm a huge this. Drake and Josh guy, but um, yeah, Keenan and Kel is pretty horrible. And all that is so unfunny and good burger. Of course, the Keenan and Kel product is just also, it's stupid. It's like, it's almost like stoner comedy, but like they're clearly not stoners because it's a Nick movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost like a, Imagine if Cheech and Chong just pretended to be like really stupid, and that—that's really what it is. It's just really yeah. stupid. So, so that's kind of my—that's t- my answer. Anything having to do with all that, and um, that I, I'll while I'm piling on, that includes the Amanda show because she was, you know, that was a segment on all that, and now mm-hmm. um, it, she got her own show for a little bit. That was absolutely horrendous as well. Yeah, did not age I'm, well at all. I'm completely with you on all that. Actually, um, when. One of the first things I think about with all that, and it, it's cringeworthy to me, is we all like know how much Kel loved orange soda, right? So he he'd do mm-hmm. this thing whenever like uh, orange soda would come up, he'd go, "I love orange soda, I do, I do, I do, ooh ooh ooh," and be like, "Oh, it's like listen, <laughs> look at it now, it's just like, ah, oh. it's very corny." Yeah, Man, was it supposed to be funny? It's, like, it's one of those. It's things almost where, typecasting. Like, yeah, it's it's a little bit over the top, and you know, for me again, you know, we're we're trying to get you guys, you know, the listener, something that has replay value. Where you know, we've kind of put yourselves in our position, and say, hey, like, would I recommend this to someone? Boy Meets World and even Seems are two shows I or that are definitely recommends. Um, Good Burger that feels as though like I, I can understand their place in pop culture now because I think they're still like kind of talked about like I've, you'll see like a Keenan and Kel thing randomly on like and you'll be like oh that's the guy who's the orange soda and that's the good burger guy right like mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is but when you really when it boils down to it it, it just wasn't very good it was kind of something that should have just stayed in the 90s and it's like oh that's kind of happened but it's not something I would like mm-hmm. oh let's watch like a couple like episodes of this at night like I'll definitely look elsewhere because it just it was very cringeworthy and it just doesn't stand up 
Yeah, I'm completely with yeah. you because Good Burger specifically is a uh, a perfect case of the memory being much better than the reality. Right. Um, right. A couple months ago, I actually, believe it or not, watched Good Burger with my cousin. I was actually staying at her house. I was visiting uh, up north for, with family, and she is a '90s '90s baby as well. And uh, for whatever reason, she's just like, hey, like, you know, they have Good Burger on, I don't know what it was, Netflix, Hulu, On Demand, whatever we watch it. She said, hey, like, you want to watch Good Burger? And not having seen it since the 90s, I was genuinely excited. I'm like, yeah, like, I I love Good Burger. <laughs> let's, let's check it out. Good Burger is great. <laughs> and I'm telling you, after five minutes, I wanted to fork my eyes out. It was so... That's when you know. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's like it didn't even take long. Like after a couple like lines, I was just like, because, "This is gonna be." Because you know what it is too is that like if it, the the true test is that when you have all right, if you are getting if someone says, "Hey, watch this," and you put it on and you're like, "Oh, great, let's let's do it. let's see how the show is," and after a couple minutes, you reach for your phone, you aren't quite engaged, yes. and therefore it's not worth your time. Yeah, no, me and Dean have said this multiple occasions uh, in in regards to seeing a movie in theaters. Like, if you're reaching for the phone, man, that's it's it's done, man. That's that's they've lost you. You You're not in, you're not engaged in it. Exactly. But if you can sit down, like, hey, like, watch this show, like, okay, like, they're going to lay the foundation for what the show's about, like A Boy Meets World, for instance, when, when you watch the first couple episodes and you're kind of like involved in it, then you'll be willing to last the, the, the remainder of the, the entire show but yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of like the elevator pitch right of shows where it's like give me your 30 30 seconds of why i you deserve the job or whatever the case may be this is like hey this is my five minutes show me why i should continue to commit you know eight hours of this show to to you know to uh, eight hours of my, of my life to this show and if it can't do that in five minutes then it's, you might as well just ditch it because you have other options <laughs> Yeah, I'm completely with you, man. And one thing, um, another show, and I would love to get your opinions on this. I don't know if you guys, either of you have seen Mm -hmm. this recently. I want to say, Dean, you have and have very strong opinions on this as well. For a show where the memory uh, is far, far better than the reality is Rugrats. Rugrats is a dumpster fire of a show. (laughs) I am actually ashamed of myself to even admit that there was a point in my life that I liked it. Uh, regardless of my age, maybe I was four years old, five, three, seven. I don't know that there is no excuse for me to ever have liked that show. It is that bad. Yeah. You know, my, my thing with Rugrats is like, yeah, I understand that, that writing for a, a character that's a baby that can talk must be difficult. But when, my only exposure to Rugrats, um, since I became, you know, over the age of ten, I I watched it and I was like, a grown up sat down, looked at this, and was like, this is a good idea for a show. It, it's just almost inexcusable how how bad that show is. And Rick, I'm actually going to go ahead and I'll give you another jab. It, it's not quite the '90s, but there are only two shows in my memory that I watched a lot because I was young, and mm-hmm. I never once enjoyed it. And I remember thinking. And saying to like my mom, like I don't like this. I don't want to watch this anymore. And Rugrats is one when I, even when I was a little kid, when I, you know, got some brain power. Um, I want to say like six, seven, like it would be on, and I'm like, at, at the end of an episode, I'm like, that was kind of, I didn't like that. And the other one, I was of course a little bit older, but um, Fairly Odd Parents also is in that where I watched a ton of it, and just looking back and like even while I was watching it, it was so formulaic it was every single episode he makes a wish and then the whole episode's about him undoing it just send your fairy godparents away never make a wish again you idiot like that show was so frustratingly bad um i i put fairly odd parents right there with rugrats um two shows that i watched a ton of but absolutely hated yeah i watched a a fair amount of the fairly odd parents myself um and uh yeah, it's not a, sh- a show that I look back on all that that fondly. I'm trying to get a good idea of some of the '90s cartoons that um, were were good. We, uh, well, let, let, let me hit you with one. '90s cartoon, right? Yeah, um, let, yeah. Let me hit you with a couple because uh, you know I, I'm a giant man child. I I do love a lot of cartoons. Um, I'm gonna. 
King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead, two Mike Judge shows, uh, both uh, hilarious. Beavis and Butthead, I'm curious to know what you guys think. Um, that's one that I've heard notoriously doesn't age well. I know that they were running them back on MTV and Comedy Central. Um, I want to say like as recent as like 2017, 2016, and those didn't really age too well from the general population, but I always um, got a kick out of them. I, I, I do like Beavis and Butthead. King of the Hill, I think, is one of the more underrated shows ever. It was mm-hmm. It's very drab and dry at times but um the jokes are really funny and um when they do come they, they come in in flurries um a, a show that did age very well and is um the precursor to spongebob because i believe it's the same um cr- either the same creator or the same writer and that would be um rocco's modern life actually mm-hmm. the townsfolk um they they act very similar to the 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 people from bikini bottom and um it's re- it's a little bit more ridiculous. There's a lot of um, innuendos in Rocco's Modern Life. Like, for example, there is a restaurant, um, whereas SpongeBob, and I guess you could say SpongeBob has innu- innuendos too with sandy cheeks and bikini bottom and crusty crab. I don't even know if that's an innuendo. But um, the <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life ones are more overt, where um, the restaurant is literally called Choky Chicken, um, just like things like that. Uh, like they're they're very um overtly sexual. So I think Rocco's Modern Life is actually hilarious. It's very ridiculous. It's almost like SpongeBob if it was like TV like 14. And then I'm actually gonna while I'm on a roll, I'm gonna give you one that did not age well at all. I think it's complete crap. And honestly, if someone told me that they like it, I'm gonna look at them with like side eyes and be like, What is wrong with you? And that is Ren and Stimpy. That show is terrible. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. Oof. What about yeah. Real Monsters, dude? Um, honestly, I, I've never, I, I haven't really, I'm not well-versed enough to, to I, have an I opinion haven't on watched Ariel Monsters since I was a kid, so I can't speak to how at his age or how I feel about it now, but I remember as a kid, I actually really liked Ariel Monsters. I don't know about you, uh, man. Mm-hmm. The guy with the, uh, the guy who had the eyes, he was holding his eyes above his head. Yeah, he had him in his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe it was Crumb. Yes, it was Crumb, <laughs> and we actually have a, uh. Uh, not a friend, but an acquaintance who we refer to as Crumb because he's kind of got fucked up eyes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to name his name. I don't even think he knows he's named Crumb, but we call him. Crumb. I actually don't even know. I don't even know his real name. I've only called him Crumb. I actually completely agree with you. I don't. You know what? I'll say it off the air. I actually think. Uh, I think I do know his name. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let me know about that. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. One one show. I because I want to bring this one up to fantastic show i actually recently watched a couple episodes with our buddy mike um the spider-man cartoon that aired from 94 to 98 is still gold it is a great show uh if you are into uh superhero cartoons the spider-man that started in 1994 is fantastic and rick a little fun fact you know who voices peter parker uh, I don't. It's the spoiler. It, it's one of the Brady's. I want to say it's a Tom Brady. Uh, oh man, no, no, it's uh, from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to say it's Greg Brady. Uh, I don't know. I'm not very well versed in the Brady Bunch, but anyway, Mr. Rick. Um, Barnes. So you you crunch that, but Rick, uh, when when you had mentioned the series, I did the the um, chef's kiss. Um, emotion while I was sitting here. Um, that is fantastic. It's almost like an anime in the sense that all the episodes are continuous. Um, they just build on each other. It's like a saga. I remember I loved it as a kid. I rewatched it back on um, Netflix when I was a little bit older, and now I believe it lives on Disney+. Plus. I think that is the best iteration of Spider-Man ever, um, and that's including the Tobey Maguire trilogy, the Andrew Garfield stuff, the new Tom Holland stuff, any incarnation of Spider-Man, this is the best ever. Uh, this is a fantastic show. And you know what, Rick? You're just kind of tickling my feel spot. I'm just saying that all these shows are the top five, top tens. So I'm really going to have to sit down and, and really crunch that out. But yeah, the, Sp- the Spider-Man animated series is definitely on there. It's also with the um, with the, the Universal Studios uh, ride, as I think it's kind of centered around, yes. right? Like it's like the, uh, So if you're... If you're Again, if you're if you're someone who's you know invested in the Marvel universe, which I know you guys talked about at length in previous episodes, mm-hmm. definitely something to revisit. And guys, there's a ton here from cartoons, from you know reg- serious shows, romantic comedies from this '90s slash early 2000s for you guys to to kind of 
dive into. So at this point, it's just a matter of you just setting aside the time and giving them a shot. Yeah, I uh, absolutely. I think uh, we originally were planning on having this be just one episode. We've gone super long, so me and me and Dean have made the call where we're actually going to break off the '90s portion of this podcast and and break it into two separate episodes. So while we're here, then. Um, I do want to get into some 90s movies as well. I have a couple that I want to bring up. Um, but I think the two titans of the 90s for TV shows, um, Dean, I think you said you don't know too much about these shows, but uh, Matt knows a little bit more. Friends and Seinfeld, those are the two shows of the 90s. When people think of 90s TV, they think of Friends and Seinfeld. Um I don't know how you guys feel about each show, so we might not end up even having a debate on this, um, but I think a lot of people do like to have the debate for which is the better show. I don't particularly think it's close, um, but Matt, I'm going to take it to you. Do you have any takes on the on Friends, Seinfeld, or the Friends versus Seinfeld debate? Um, I, do have, I do have a take. For me, it's always – I've never really – given friends an actual full-on shot like i've watched episodes like loose episodes and obviously i'm familiar with the characters uh Mm -hmm. enough to give a a pretty good opinion here but just in general i think seinfeld was one of those shows that i kind of just watch one-off episodes late at night because it would be on and you get like one or two of them and you're like wow this is really funny obviously you got kramer you got um all these sorts of characters that you watch and it obviously takes place in new york so you have like that kind of close element to us where you can i think visit some of these actual landmarks um in new york i think the diner is, is being one of them but you know if i'm gonna give my opinion on which of the two i prefer it's always been seinfeld i think it's always been the, the funnier show or my opinion i think friends has been too much kind of invested with like the relationship side of things and again too leaning in the romantic comedy like uh, you know, direction which again if you like that you'll, mm-hmm. you'll probably enjoy friends quite a bit i know friends i think it's like the most successful television show of all time if i'm correct it's kind of still one of those things where mm-hmm. everyone still talks about it and, and still raves about the show but for me i've always leaned more in the direction of seinfeld and i think you know kramer's one of the funniest characters of all time and i think you know if you're i think both shows are worth watching I'm not going to say they're not because I think they both have their place in uh, pop culture. And, of course, from the 90s, they kind of were both Clash of the Titans there. But, um, yeah, Seinfeld was definitely a show I prefer more. Um, and I would definitely give it a high rating if if you guys are wanting me to give an actual numerical value, I can. But, yeah, well, yeah, you're here. Seinfeld. Seinfeld, I'd give a solid like an eight, an eight and a half, nine. I just think it, it, it's the body of work. It's, it, it, it references back to previous episodes, but a lot of the things that – certain characters say and do it, it it can be you can walk again watch a one episode and genuinely laugh you don't need to know much about you know what's going on and i think that's kind of a true testament to a show that stands the test of time right is that if you can watch a loose episode without knowing much of the context like always sunny for instance which is a modern day show that's still running i think it's on 14 seasons you could watch a one episode and get very good laughter and enjoyment out of it I think that's definitely worth your time. So Seinfeld, I would definitely give it eight and a half, nine for its obviously its consistency, um, delivery of, of laughter, and just overall, um, you know, how much it's lasted and, and stood the test of time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm kind of similar to Matt, where I didn't really give Friends that deep of a look, mainly because I know that that was one of the shows that my mom watched. So being a little kid, I was like, that's a woman show or a lady show. So I'm not really going to watch it. Um, Now that I've, uh, of course, gotten older and more mature and um, definitely more uh, realistic about how the way that the world works, uh, I have watched Friends sometimes. Um, My girlfriend likes to put it on... uh, sometimes when we have nothing to watch and just from what i've seen nothing has ever like reached out and grabbed me there has never been anything uh, let me just say i've never laughed i've never even smiled while it was on um because of the show <laughs> but um yeah friends uh, honestly i have a feeling that it won't be for me so that's why i'm there i with all these things that that i'm watching for the the show I don't think that that's one that I'm ever going to really give a, it's good, honest try to. So I'm definitely going Seinfeld. I mean, I used to watch Seinfeld and Simpsons. Um, it was on like a nice little six thirty, seven o'clock slot um, when I was really in my um, preteen and teenage years. So watched a lot of Seinfeld. There was um, there were times where where I laughed out loud. It, I think it's a very good show. Now, 
everyone talks about it like it's the greatest show ever. I'm not quite there. But then again, I think that's because I don't really have the um, nostalgia to it. I, th- I could totally see if I was like that age um, of Jerry and the characters, then I would probably resonate with it more. Whereas when I watched Seinfeld, I was kind of a young um, kid. So that's maybe why I didn't give it its fair shakedown. But definitely, um, I like Seinfeld more than Friends. Um, Seinfeld, I would probably give it like like a six and a half, seven. I, I think that it holds, it does hold up, but it's not as outrageous as comedies are now. Like if it, I, I always think, um, you know, The Hangover, Anchorman, like these are so flamboyantly out there and crazy and uh, shock. And that's kind of the way that society is. That's what gets people to laugh now. And sorry to sound like John, but that's, that's really what it is. And I feel like Seinfeld is a little bit more subtle and um, they kind of get one thing and then stick with it and then repeat it. And the repetition factor of like some of the jokes um, for me, it kind of kills it. So there are some things that are hit or miss. So that's why I'm going to give it a six and a half. All right. I, uh, it seems like have the most knowledge on both of these shows. I have seen friends in its entirety. Um, and that is because, uh, two of our friends, Mike and Justin, this is one of their favorite shows ever. They have each seen the series in its entirety, like 10 times. They still watch it to this day. They'll put it on Netflix, like as they fall asleep and stuff. Um, and because I value their opinions so much, I decided to watch it myself. Um, I haven't seen Friends in its entirety, uh, not Friends, uh, Seinfeld in in its entirety, but I have seen a ton of it, so I I have uh, plenty of knowledge about that as well. And in the debate between the two, I don't even think it's close. Seinfeld is far and away uh, much better than Friends. Um, Friends, actually, there's a, uh, for those of you who have maybe come across it, or maybe if you follow like uh, meme pages on Instagram, it's actually kind of a trendy thing right now to like bash friends as a crappy show uh i've per- really from what i see um i'll see friends like being uh smack talked on instagram quite a bit so i'm just i have my Instagram up, up right now a, a saved post i have one uh i'll post on twitter for you guys to see even if you want but one guy said i often daydream about winning the powerball and buying the licensing rights for friends just to edit out the laugh tracks <laughs> then releasing it back to the public for free so everyone can finally understand how unfucking funny that shitty show actually is. <laughs> so, so, so now, really quick, I just want to, I think I have the question for the end of our episode, but I, I of course, will unveil that later. So, Rick, uh, go ahead. Sorry, that was a really needless interruption. No, it's I'm okay, but um, I, I, don't, I don't feel as uh, negatively uh, as that guy does about Friends, um, but I'm with you. Um, I think over the course of, I don't know how long it was, man, maybe like 10 seasons, I think I laughed out loud maybe once. And it wasn't like a hard like laugh out loud. It was like, a, <laughs> it was like, it was a really weak laugh. Um, we're going to have, have that as a drop because that was even a shitty fake laugh. Um, but uh, friends, like, <laughs> like, I think it was Matt who brought it up, who was just like, yeah, like they play a lot into like the romance aspect of it. And that's not particularly funny. Um, I, I kind of think the character of Joey has aged really poorly, or maybe it's just me. Like, I hate like the, um, obnoxiously stupid characters. Like he's so like dumb that it's not even humorous to me. Um, so that really like, uh, grinds my gears. The, uh, the character of Joey, um, Seinfeld is just timeless. It is such relatable, uh, scenarios and situations that they're still in. Um, the content and, uh, things that Seinfeld has contributed just to, um, American culture, you know, we hear people say yada, 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 like that's from Seinfeld. Uh, Festivus is from Seinfeld. Master of my domain is from Seinfeld. Double dip is from mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Manhands, regifter. Like, I'm just looking at some of like the terms that like they have. Um, so Seinfeld I think has an effect on people who haven't even seen the show. They probably still take something away from it and have no idea that they're, they're even like quoting the show. Um, it, it That's is a great point. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's still hilarious. It's funny. Uh, I'm with Matt. I think Kramer is absolutely hilarious. Um, as funny as Kramer is though, Costanza is actually, uh, George Costanza is, 
is my favorite character on the show. I think he yep. is hilarious. Uh, Even Newman, Newman, who's in the Space Jam. Yes, yeah. And well, Newman, Park. It's funny Newman you brought up Space Jam because I wanted I wanted to bring up Space Jam soon. It's a '90s movie. I wanted to bring up, but um, yeah, Newman Newman is hilarious. It's actually incredible. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to like pause here and uh, look up the uh, cameos and TV appearances that um, stars have made, but I know Brian Cranston is like the dentist on Seinfeld. For those yeah, who don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, it's huge. Like it's it's just massive. The uh, the the effect that it's had on um, actors that have been on the show, and just in pop culture, uh, Friends Friends is is good, and and it's it has some effect, I guess, on pop culture. People do love it, but I I think uh, that's like, Friends is one of the reasons why I think in our first episode I had the hot take that um, shows with a laugh track just aren't yep. funny. Now I know Seinfeld does have a laugh track, but I think it would be just as funny if it didn't have it. Um, I agree. And the guy who I just read on uh, Instagram was like, "Well, if if Friends didn't have a laugh track, uh, I I would show you how unfunny it is." But uh, yeah, like if this, if this were like uh, like a boxing match, this is like Mike Tyson in his prime, <laughs> and then just like just think of like whoever your like local high school weenie was when you were like in school, like like um. Like Dustin Diamond, uh, who better known as Screech. And actually, the reason why I bring that up is because one time on, uh, I think it was when we first got HBO, or it might have been Showtime, actually, there was Celebrity Boxing with Dustin Diamond and, um, Rick, do you know who we fought against? Former NBA player Manute Bull. Um, <laughs> wow. His son... It, his son Bull Bull was on Oregon last year, and uh, Manute Bull is seven foot six, and Dustin Diamond was Screech, so he got messed up. Wow! Fun fact: <laughs> Dustin Diamond is a porn star now. No, I didn't view him on my personal time. <laughs> I actually watched. I think uh, there's like a celebrity weight loss show that aired like ten years ago on VH yes. or something. He was on that, and that's how I found out. No, I wasn't having my personal time looking at Screech get it on. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely ran the circuit of um, you know, selling his selling himself out and literally selling his body <laughs> to stay in the limelight. I remember he like was on the circuit of um, you know, all the VH1 shows and all that. I, I believe um very popular in my heart, um satire show Robot Chicken. Um they made fun of him a, a ton, which was actually really funny. So, you you know, I'm jumping around into different eras, but guys, do we have anything about the nineties that we want to bring up. Um, you, you know, of course we're talking about Dustin diamond who was screech on saved by the bell. Uh, I think that fits right in here. Um, I'll actually go ahead and just plow through Saved by the bell. I actually, I, I did enjoy it. I was a little bit too young for, um, some of it. I never had any desire to go back and watch. Um, it, I think that it would age pretty well. There was a lot of things that were kind of cool and hip. It almost seemed like it was more of like the nineties, like lighthearted, I don't want to say like a Degrassi because that's very supposed to be dramatic, but it was almost like a, um, almost like Nickelodeon's answer to Boy Meets World, um, mm-hmm. if you will, because they, they were kids. The same thing, they started young and then they went out all throughout college, but it was just a lot more, um, it was not as good <laughs> by a lot. Do, do you guys have any recollection or experience with Saved by the Bell? Um, Aside from yeah. every single person on earth, their first crush being Kelly. Not- <laughs> Not much. Uh, the only thing I didn't really watch Saved by the Bell, but one thing that I find hilarious actually, and I think I might, I didn't watch uh, Saved by the Bell when it first came out, but I feel like I would enjoy Saved by the Bell now uh, more now than I would have when it originally aired because there is a like a web series, and you guys may have seen this, um, uh, just getting lost in like Facebook videos or something called Zach Morris is Trash. Has anyone ever no. seen this? There is a, there's like a, uh, it's like a web series or something called Zach Morris is Trash. And it is absolutely hilarious about how, I guess it didn't <laughs> seem like it when the show was airing, but how Zach Morris is the most deplorable person on television <laughs> of all time. And like, here, I'm just like, I'm going to read the, um, the episode list. Uh, let me see. I gotta get you. Let's see. Zach Morris drove drunk and crashed the car. Zach Morris disgraced his Native <laughs> American ancestors. Zach Morris valued a red jacket more than four human lives. 
Zach Morris <laughs> used subliminal messages to brainwash girls into sex. Like that's these are the titles of, and they just take clips from the show. Like it's not like um, news, like video. This is like video clips from the show, and they just explain to you how shitty this guy was. Here, uh, Zach Morris used slave labor to sell friendship bracelets. Zach Morris took swimsuit photos of underage girls. Like these are <laughs> Zach Morris oh, himself a homeless girl for Christmas. So I'm not going to read all the all the um the titles, but Zach Morris is trash. Uh, if if you like uh, Saved by the Bell, I'm you might love the web series Zach Morris is trash. That that's so funny, and that's an important note too. Um, even things that are from like the mid 2000s, um, they don't hold up. Um, and it's not because of it's not funny anymore is that things that were commonly accepted back then may uh, be offensive now to a lot of people. So, um, I, I mean, there's no way to slice giving yourself a homeless girl for Christmas, but uh, I'm sure that some of these themes were a little bit more acceptable back then. Um, and of course, like they could skirt the lines a little bit more. So that's definitely um, something to kind of put an asterisk next to any of the 90s shows that, that you watch. Uh, maybe some things. Don't hold up. Uh, don't hold up because of social norms and what we commonly accept right now. And then, of course, you know, going down the line, uh, twenty years from now, there are some things that are on TV that probably won't be accepted. So um, it's just always something to kind of think about. But guys, I, I think we spent a lot of time uh, being nostalgic. Uh, does anyone have anything else that they want to throw into the ring, Rick? I know that you were mentioning some movies. I, I think that you wanted to mention um, kind of the uh, the one '90s movie that gets talked about a lot starring our favorite cartoon character, Bugs Bunny. Uh, do you have anything to say? Yeah, you know, I think we, we are running super low on time now. We've got almost uh, two hours recorded, so I don't want to dive too deep into it because I was looking into uh, some other uh, animated movies that I watched as a kid that I fell in love with. Uh, Rescuers Down Under is one of those, but we can we could be, we could be talking about... Great movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> so we could be talking about... Uh, great 90s animated movies for a long time this could be hours upon hours but yeah rescuers down under if you haven't seen it a great movie but i wanted to bring up uh space jam uh space jam is one of my favorite movies of all time yes i am a boy who is also a huge fan of basketball so maybe this holds a more near and dear place in my heart than uh, most of you but Space Jam, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, is certified rotten at 43% by the critics. Shame on you. It is also shame on us. The audience score is barely fresh at 63%. I think this is a crime. I think this needs to be fixed. Those who did not like it then, watch it again. And if you still don't like it, keep watching it till you do. This is a masterpiece. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny because like you would you would expect this being right in my wheelhouse, but I don't know why. Um, being a kid, this um, this movie is kind of up there with uh, Superbad, uh, and the reason why I draw this parallel is that I never in my life sat down and watched it from beginning to end. I've seen the whole movie multiple times, but I've seen I've always been like in and out. Like I would come in and watch like the first like twenty five minutes, and then I would see like the middle part. And then I would see the end, like um, not in the same day, just like at different instances. Same thing with Superbad. I don't think that I've ever started the DVD to Superbad. I think I, I've just kind of absorbed like different 20-minute chunks in my life. Um, I actually have no idea how it ends. Uh, that's the only thing I will say. So um, Space Jam was one that I just kind of I, I kind of missed. I, I When I said that I don't know how it ends, I meant Superbad, not Space Jam. I, okay. I, of course know everything about space jam but um yeah and i think you know what that's one of those things where you know at the time um it was a little bit of a not a sore spot but like i was never a big looney tunes kid and um you know i was young so it was just at the mercy of whatever my parents like rented from blockbuster pretty much um this is one that I, i'll probably have to go back and watch because i don't really have anything strong to say about it um i i know that it's kind of in the same vein but um like mike is kind of my space jam if you will. I well, I, I just love <laughs> Like Mike is a fantastic movie. I, I, I love it. It's ridiculous, but it's mine, you know? Yes. So Matt, do you have anything? That, I know you have a ton to say about Like Mike. I know you, uh, I think you're a big Space Jam guy. And actually I blame you for never seeing Superbad because you would always have it on 
at the shore house and I would just kind of walk in and see different 20 minute clips of super bad. So um, you're on trial. You have anything to say to defend yourself? <laughs> Um, Superbad probably is, I think it was, uh, it revolutionized, like, the current type of comedy that, like, people can, like, accept now. Like, not accept, but, like, that's the wrong way to put it. But, like, the comedy we see mm-hmm. nowadays, like, the vulgar, like, teenage comedy, like, that we see now, uh, like, you know, the, the hangover and all that stuff. Like, that's kind of where, like, I found out, like, that, obviously, is 40 Virgin and so on and so forth. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, Superbad is a fantastic comedy. Obviously, Jonah Hill, I think it was, like, a 15-year-old movie right now, which is, which is crazy. Yeah, which something like that, Sarah, yeah. Um, John Hader's in that as well as another great character, Seth Rogen, a lot of, you know, other uh, famous actors. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for Space Jam, Space Jam, I, I, it's one of those movies where I definitely enjoy it. I'm not going to say it's like a great movie. I don't know how it gets, like, there's, I feel like there's two different ways to, to kind of frame this, but it's not a great movie. It's an beating. enjoyable movie. It's an enjoyable movie. Like it's, I definitely think Rotten Tomatoes are in the wrong here. Obviously, because when I see what other movies movies got great ratings on them, and that I've seen and I know are bad, and I see that Space Jam is getting you know dragged here, <laughs> um, obviously Space yeah. Jam is again. I know it's I know its place um, in pop culture. I know its place um, in my heart from like as a young kid growing up through now. Like I can wa- I can watch it and enjoy it. It's not like a great great movie, but it's it, it has its place, and I think that's kind of what Space Jam more or less means to me. Um, and in fact, that they're also making. Um, one with LeBron James. I think he's actually directing it, if I'm correct here, uh, or mm-hmm. has some sort of director involvement in the movie, which should be very interesting. But it'll kind of tie everyone back to like, hey, like you got MJ and LeBron both made this, you know, movies of the same franchise. And now it's going to obviously continue on that conversation of who is ultimately the GOAT. So again, I think it has its, it, it's no doubt has its place. And I think that's why it should be appreciated and very highly um, recommend you guys watch it if you guys haven't. Obviously, most people have by now. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a movie at the top of my list for, for sure. For other reasons, not so much related to um, the, the actual story of it because I mean, it's it kind of ridiculous. And I think Charles Barkley does a pretty bad job of acting when he gets his powers <laughs> taken away. But nevertheless, it's definitely, it's definitely no a Charles fun movie. Barkley. It's <laughs> be gone. <laughs> be gone, wanna be. <laughs> you know Charles Barkley. But it's nostalgic too because you have a lot of like the old basketball players like Sean Bradley. Um, Larry Johnson, uh, you know, obviously Charles Barkley. So it's it's also fun in there. And again, Patrick Newman Ewing. is in there. <laughs> Patrick Ewing, Newman's in there too. Yeah, okay. Newman is in there. Uh, <laughs> Bill Murray's in there. Bill Murray, yes. Uh, yeah, so Yo, it's great. So Patrick Ewing is the real goat. Yeah, no, agreed. <laughs> so before we um we close out with our uh, closing question that Dean, I know you're probably really excited about Matt or Dean. Are there any uh just animated movies that you know not necessarily want to get in depth and review but just give a give a shout out to uh that were uh, a big part of your childhood maybe i mean honestly you probably haven't seen them in maybe 20 years so you might not even think they're good now but if you enjoyed them as a kid or something uh that are lesser talked about Mm, i got a i got a deep one for you and i can't even name anything that has happened in any of these movies i just know that i used to watch them a lot when i was uh, a little kid in the 90s, and that is The Brave Little Toaster. Wow. Don't really have anything to say. I could not tell you two things that happened in that movie, but I remember as a kid, I loved it, and I used to watch it all the time. And also, um, it's hard, too, because, like, uh, you know, we dated ourselves a lot, but in 1999, I was seven. So, um, really, Rick, we we kind of were, our formidable years were kind of early 2000s, so um, forgive me if I name anything that is actually from that era rather than the 90s. but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I used to watch that now on second look may not be as good. But I definitely wanted to shout out the Brave Little Toaster. I think uh, one day if I am blessed with children, I will probably slap that in front of them and say, "Watch this and see if you like it like I did." I like it. I like and it, Matt. Do you have any uh, movies or shows that you want to give a, a last shout out to? Um. Not really. I mean, I think it would be kind of like reaching for the low-hanging fruit by saying like South Park and like Simpsons. Obviously, South Park is a show that's like very controversial for its, you know, obviously its attacks on political and current events and all that stuff. But um, the fact that it's kind of regardless of, you know, like its involvement is something I can like definitely appreciate. The fact that like it's still one of the longest running shows along with Simpsons. So the fact that those two shows are still around, still airing and still putting out new uh, episodes, you know, that's 
that's to me that's crazy, right? Because we obviously, you know, we talk about shows that have that lasting appeal and uh, replay value. Those are two that you know I, I would be uh, foolish not to at least pay homage to and give a nod at the end of this episode. So, uh, South Park and Simpsons are definitely two of the shows that um, you know continue to just kind of you know change the way we we we, we view uh, cartoons. And I think you know regardless, they're going to ha- always have their spots. So um, good for them putting out that content. And obviously, you know keeping things regardless of how they kind of are received sometimes, um, you know, and making it very entertaining because I know some people uh, in our friends group are not so much in, into Simpsons, but I know me and Dean are, are stand side by side and that Simpsons is a great show. Oh yeah. Cool. Cool. Now, Love the Simpsons. now one, I guess we're going to call it a show, one show of the nineties that I think all of us were huge fans of uh, back in the day was, uh, at the time, WWF, now WWE. Dean, I know you wanted to uh, delve into this a little bit and then have this be wow. your closing question. Um, yeah, so I, I believe that we are answering last week's question, right? Or is that going to be our, our new question? Because I thought of a different one as well. But no, let's go with it. So um, WWE, WWF, um, as we know, that that's what it used to be called, was very prevalent in the 90s. That was one of their main boom period so our ending question is going to be if you had an entrance theme to life um that would start playing and and imagine like a an announcer going like oh my god that's rick's music like what would your entrance theme be and that's something that um i've given a ton of thought to in my life so uh, i'm excited to kind of unveil my answer i may have one that, that you may not think of um so i'm actually really excited to hear rick's as well uh do you want me to go first Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I I have put uh, uh, a lot of thought in this. I think I'm I'm kind of like you. I probably put way too much thought into this more, more <laughs> than I should. Honestly, this is something that I uh, think about think about on a semi regular basis. Honestly, this uh, <laughs> neither of us yeah. neither of us are wrestlers or are going to be wrestlers. I don't think there's ever a situation where we're going to have a boombox on our shoulder or a Bluetooth in our hand where we're going to be playing as we <laughs> walk into a room or at a party. But um, mm-hmm. there are so many uh, options for this. Um, Dean, you know a song that I really that I just love is. Power Glide, another song that I love is yep. Famous by Mason Ramsey. Um, a, a song mm. that is very near and dear to the hearts of our friend group is I'm Different by Two Chains. Um, yeah. But to get, uh, I think for me personally, um, what I would pick, I think it um, it's catchy, it's high octane, it's uh, fun but intimidating, I think. Um, my WWE wrestler theme song would be Bangarang by Skrillex. Wow. Okay. That's, a, that's actually really interesting. Uh, I, that, that's, that's a good one. That's kind of like, um, you know, you could be a heel, you could be a face. It's, it's kind of, um, timeless. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, what's crazy. I was thinking for mine, um, you know, it would probably have to be like some kind of a, a rock song, you know, I'm a big guy with a beard, but I don't know why. I just feel like there's something like kind of kind of swaggy about coming out to a rap song. Mm-hmm. So I would probably, um, I would definitely go with. And this is, I have two little bit of a deep dives. They're not very uh, common songs, but one of mine that I've always kind of bookmarked as my entrance theme, and that's the only reason why I listen to the song sometimes. It's a song called "Pimp Hand" by Vince Staples. It has a great beat, and um, yeah. It, I'm sure you could understand what the lyrics are like. Um, also, another one, it's a fairly new song, and it's being used in a lot of memes, but I actually like love it. Um, it's called The Box by Roddy Rich. Oh, um, that would be my, my other... Yeah, Rick knows. So um, those are kind of my two answers right now. And then um, the only reason why I answered that way is because uh, Metalingus by Alter Bridge was already taken, uh, obviously, by Edge. That's the Edge theme song. And that's, I think, in my opinion, the best pump-up song ever. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, so that's my answer. Have, you must have popped when you saw him at the Rumble then. I, I'm i not even joking, and this is going to sound so nerdy, um, but, you know, I've been talking to, to my friends for two hours, so you, you got me in a good mood. <laughs> I... Had tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I love it. I love it. And, and it felt so weird because I was like, "Wow, this actually like 
has has made me some has made me feel something, which doesn't happen often. But I did. I had tears in my eyes. That's, that's uh. I mean. <laughs> That's a, it's a mixture of like corny, but beautiful at the same time, because, uh, you know, I know how much you love wrestling, you grew up with wrestling and that's, that's essentially the goal of wrestling, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a choreographed story, but really, uh, the, what they're trying to do is make you feel whether it be positively or negatively towards the athletes. So if they, mm-hmm. if they can get a, get the burly man with a beard like you to, uh, at least get some watery eyes and get some tears, I that's pretty awesome. But, uh. <laughs> Matt, oh yeah, Matt. I uh, I hear the the Royal Rumble buzzer counting. Three, two, one. What's what song is playing, man? It is going to be "Touch the Sky" by Kanye West featuring Lupe Fiasco. Wow, that's a great answer. Nice. And, and I think it's 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 got the hip hop elements to it. It's got that kind of like uh that that self-absorbed type vibe to it as well obviously you know Kanye West he's that type of person um honestly when you gave me the question I was looking through things I was just like what like they're gonna ask me what sort of theme would I come out to like that, that's currently used by someone and I was just gonna say Shawn Michaels's theme because I think that's the best one <laughs> oh but. yeah I would have picked that one too oh yeah the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but 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 but, but uh yeah touch the sky by Kanye West is <laughs> it's probably my choice <laughs> Although I, I think on a lighter note, I think I can go the the kind of the uh, the sexy boy route if I was that type of character <laughs> created by Vince, of course. And I would have Bonafide Lovin' by Chromio. Mm. Oh, by Chromio, I think another, that's from the FIFA 09 soundtrack. Correct me that if I'm wrong. It's a FIFA 09 soundtrack. Um, yes, Rick, you are correct. And you put it on the mixtape CD you made for <laughs> yes. senior high school. <laughs> Yo, Bonafide Lovin' by Chromio. Hey, we already did our, our music review like an hour and a half ago, guys. And it's probably on the, the part one of this two-part uh, podcast episode. Chromio, Bonafide Lovin'. Give it a listen. It is fucking groovy. <laughs> that is a, that is a long <laughs> slap. Give that a listen. Oh, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, any, any other good... Uh, songs shows things you want to add or uh tidbits or or you guys uh think we covered everything no i think we did it we did a really good job of uh kind of deep diving into um the 90s of course um there were some things and like i said i think just because of our ages as well is that um you know we we always say that we're 90s babies because we we did we were born in the early 90s but at the same time if you really think about your formative formative years it was like 2000 you know three four five six like that's when uh i think i believe 2006 was when we were in eighth grade Mm -hmm. so for me that's kind of the highlight of my consumption of um you know tv and movies and video games and all that. I was a teenage boy. So <laughs> I kind of just went, went after a lot of different things. So um, it'd be interesting to kind of run this back and go from just the years 2000 to 2010 um, and kind of have the same conversation because um, I might be able to come up with a lot more, whereas there are other shows that I didn't watch just simply because I was three years old at the time. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, Matt, it's been a pleasure having you on. Dude, I know you have uh, some... Uh, podcasts that you work on yourself uh do you want to take a take the opportunity real quick to tell us what podcast you're on maybe uh give us your twitter handle so people can follow you i'm sure you'll be on the show with us again but uh let uh let people know how they can contact you and uh get a get some more content out of you if they uh if they had a good time yeah, so uh, Twitter is where I'm at. I do a lot of sports writing. I do, obviously will tweet about pretty much anything that's relevant going on in the world. Uh, I, I'll throw some banter, some good memes out there, which I know this may not be a meme podcast, but again, again, if you guys want to rate some memes, I'm, I'm pretty pretty solid with them. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. I, uh, I'm a co-host of a, a soccer podcast. We cover a lot of European soccer, Major League Soccer, so um, I won't kind of bore you too much with into it, but if you're interested in learning more about what I do, make sure you guys are following me on Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. It was an awesome uh, episode, guys. Matt, again, thanks for being on with us. Uh, Thanks for having me. I think we covered a lot of great content. It was super fun. Uh, Love to have you on again with us soon. Um, But with that said, hang with your bros, love your hoes, and as always, guys, watch those shows. Peace.